Welcome to iHeartGeek. And welcome to another episode of iHeartGeek. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. We're doing villains of Spider-Man today, and this is this is a good episode. This is this is this will be a, an interesting conversation because I think it's going to go somewhere that we're not ready for, or we didn't expect it to go. I'm Dub. I'm here with Skeeter. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Blyze. How's everybody doing today? Everybody got your spider sense tingling up? Feeling pretty tingly. Yeah, feeling pretty tingly, my friend. Very, very tingly. <laughs> so let me ask this question first off. Because, yeah. I think that Spider-Man probably has the second most interesting villains in comic books. Maybe third, but probably second. What makes his relationship with the villains so good when most, honestly, the villains are as big a part of the story as Spidey in 99% of the stories. Why? What makes the villains so, I don't know, is it relatability? What? Uh, let's start with Skeeter on this. He looks like he has something on that. I just love the way he, he like, because he's a kid and he just talks crap to him. <laughs> he like, he gives everybody a nickname, like right off the bat. I mean, yep. everybody he nicknames. Like Griffin and I have been watching Spectacular Spider-Man the last three nights. Like he knows I've got to get up at four o'clock in the morning to get ready for work. But he's like, dad. Let's watch Spectacular Spider-Man at That's 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, <laughs> I love you, kid. Okay, let's watch it. So we're up watching it, and I'm like, this is rad. But, like, Spidey's, like, fighting stinking Shocker, and he's or Electro, and he's calling him, like, Electro, and he's calling him all these things, and he gives him his name. Yeah. You know? And it's just cool how he creates his relationships with these guys. You know, even in the movies, in the cinematic universe, he gives them their names. Yeah. You know, and, and creates relationships with these people, even before they're, they're actual villains. There's some type of connection with them, you know, be it a doctor, you know, Doc Yeah, that's, yeah we're, we're going to hit that. We're going to hit that in a minute how it seems like a lot of the times with Spider-Man, it feels like he was involved in some way in them becoming the villain that they are. What yes. about you, Griffin? Why do you think that they become, why, why do you think his, his rogue gallery is so fascinating and interesting? Yes. All right. So exactly just what you said. Um, there's a lot of, obviously the big ones, um, you know, uh, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, there, there's a lot of those main ones and whatever continuity you watch, like it's cool because um, he does have something to do with it majority of the time. Now there's Spider-Man villains that necessarily he doesn't have anything to do with, but the most, like those key villains, you know, that everybody knows, Doc Ock, Green Goblin and, and whatever continuity that you look at, it's like he does have a personal connection with them. And I think that is what sets Interesting. him apart. Yeah. Um, that from, I mean, not only that, but I think the personal connection he has to the villains, um, which, and 
and I'll set that apart from I I know we're doing Spider Man, but like I think I believe Batman has the best rogues gallery. That that that's the number one. <laughs> but what makes Spider Man number two and like really good sets him apart is that he has a personal connection with more villains yeah. than Batman does with his. So, what about you, Blize? Why do you think? I think it's what. Um... Back in the day, uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and the creators of these original characters set out to do, and it was to make a more personable superhero, which they also did with their villains. um, Norman Osborn was a crap dad because all he cared about was his business, and it made him a villain on two fronts on the on a personal super yeah on a personal and like a super villain. Uh, uh, same thing with um, like Doc Ock, just a, a scientist trying to do something and it, it goes awry and he's creates and makes himself a supervillain. So I think that the reason why his rogues gallery hits so hard um, and they just have a personable level to them, you can enjoy the villains. And this is the same with the Batman villains. If you enjoy your villains as much as you enjoy your superhero, then that gives them a great um group of villains to have you relate to them you can see it from their side they may be doing horrible things but they have their reasons for doing it 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 was especially like on the cartoons and all that it was very much the um how do i put this it's like a team um story instead of just a single person because a single person is going to get boring Mm -hmm. but i mean let's be honest in the 90s spider-man was as interesting as the X-Men cartoon because sure. I mean, you, you, it was so rich. They had, you know, they introduced the sinister six and hobgoblin and everybody. Um, but it, it, they made it into a team story, if that makes sense. And let's, and let's be honest. I mean, a lot of, one of the biggest things you can complain about with Peter, he doesn't really evolve that much. What you have with kids, kid peter is the exact same you have with adult peter you know i mean other than you know he gets married and there's a lot of story arc but it's the villains that actually move the story and it's been around for what 70 some years and we're still talking about him because of the villains they would have had to have made him you know well we're gonna make him a penguin now you know i mean and they tried to change him a few times and we'll get into that later but very much they've got to keep that character and i think that's part of why people love spider-man and the villains the villains made it possible that we can still enjoy it mm-hmm. i think <laughs> they're <laughs> also mo- mostly animal based too well goblins not well not, i mean not all of them but a good rhino scorpion that's it that's they're- two there's two yeah mo- <laughs> most of them <laughs> most of them <laughs> Well, you know, I I thought that the villains really, I mean, the villains were interesting because they're what we've been reading since we could all read comics in the first place. Mm -hmm. But it got really interesting to me that I noticed the villains and they're always there and they're always awesome. But I noticed the villains starting, I think, around the um, when they had everything turned into spiders. You know, and, and all the cloning stuff happened and all that. And they used the what nanotech technology and that carried their 
you know, it was the great power thing. Yeah. Um, because with the nanotechnology, there was great power, but they didn't have the great responsibility. I think that's everything was so on brand. And the more I think about it, Spider-Man is really freaking self-contained in that yep. because of that, which I think is a great thing. Now, I want to hit, which I think is the best part of the villain universe, the anti-heroes. There is a lot of anti-heroes in Spider-Man. And he can go anywhere from hero worship to, with some of them to absolutely contempt with others, which I think I, I don't know which one I like better. But I, let, let's hit some of the um, your, our favorite anti-heroes. But I want to talk one he, one he liked and one he hated real quick. And we'll talk Wolverine. Now, if you ever read, um, oh, which Spider-Man was it? It, says, it was a 10-issue um, arc where they go into the past. Uh, uh, Peter and Logan go into the past, into like caveman era, and then they start skipping through time. It's kind of, it's convoluted, but it's a fantastic. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Spider-Man stories. But I loved seeing, you know, that was when Peter could grow up a little bit, so he could hold his own against Logan. Yeah, but at the same time, there was definitely that hero worship, and that to me is fun because he can do the things that he wants to do, but his responsibility won't let him. And then on the other end, we have Deadpool, who he hates, and Deadpool loves him. So I, these are just, I, I love the dichotomy of the anti-hero. So what are some of your favorite anti-heroes and why, as far as the Spider-Man universe go? Let's start with Griffin on that. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say um, uh, Deadpool. Uh, yeah. My first introduction to... Uh, to Deadpool and Spider-Man uh, actually wasn't in the comics. It was in um, uh, the video game uh, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which I got right great here. game. Yes, I love it. Um, if for those of you on uh, on YouTube, you can see it there. But those of you listening, um, I have it with me. Play it. It's it's the uh, it's my personal favorite Spider-Man game. Um, but it like Dub said, it's it's a great game. Um, there's a level on there. There's a, a story chapter with Deadpool and you as mm -hmm. Spider-Man. And it is amazing. It explains it's, it's all of the comics just put yeah. in the one. Um, but uh, yes, that was my first experience with Deadpool. And I was like, this is perfect. This is the meshing like of the worlds. And I love how Deadpool is like obsessed with Spider-Man and he's like a fan of him. He's a fanboy. He's a fanboy of Spider-Man and Spider-Man just never knows how to take it. And he's just like, Oh my, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, lies. Let's, let's uh, talk about a few of the anti-heroes to come from Spider-Man. Sure. So we actually got, um, Some are on my first, list. <laughs> first appearance of one of your favorites in Spider-Man. And that was the Punisher. Uh, the Punisher was yep. originally hired as a mercenary to kill Spider-Man. Um, in that same arc, we also saw Tombstone and we saw um, Blade in that yep. same arc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got so many that he, he deals with anti-Venom, Venom. Um, I think that his relationship with them comes from the fact that he is just a kid and he is still growing up. So those lines between what is right and what is wrong can sometimes be a bit hazy yeah. for him and he sees and some would say that the anti-hero route is the easier 
route because instead of asking questions and trying to do everything you can to make sure everyone comes out unscathed in a, in an event, they don't do that. They go in guns a blazing and it doesn't matter who they hurt or who they kill, but they get the, essentially the same job done. Um, Which, and some of it, sometimes let's be honest, that's who we would all rather be because, well, this person's not going to come back now, but no, they're going to come back when Spider-Man deals with them and kill a bunch of people again. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, I think that he, um, he definitely, and I think one of the cool things about Spider-Man and his villains is, is that at some point, I feel like almost every villain has an anti-hero moment. They they seem to learn from Spider-Man and see some of the things that we that he does and um, almost have don't have a choice but to assist mm-hmm. him. Norman Osborn has had that multiple times throughout his um Doc his Doc has. has, especially with Superior Spider-Man. Um, and he has a sacrificial moment at the end of that arc. Um yeah. but he just uh, that's that's another one thing about his rogues gallery that is really awesome is that they have a personal relationship with Spider-Man that makes them become almost an anti-hero. And and going along with every hero has an anti-hero moment, I think every villain has a hero moment in Spider-Man. Sure. Anybody that sticks around more than say ten issues, they will have a moment of being heroic, mm-hmm. which I. You know, I there I have so much respect for the writers of Spider-Man because they've never let that go. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. which is just gorgeous. Skeeter, what about you? Um, I went with Black Cat, um, since my other two were taken um by the knuckleheads. Uh Black Cat, I I kind of feel like there was this this kind of um, you know, in the in the DC universe. Uh, there was a bit of a of a cat relationship uh, with, well, with based on Catwoman. Let's be with, honest with a with a hero there, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I think I think it worked well. Uh, I think um, that whole little darkness that they had, she was fully based on on Catwoman, but she, Honestly, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I do, but. Uh, she definitely played a lot of people yeah. uh, pretty dark. Now, uh, now, honest question with Black Cat. Do you feel like that she would have been more of a hero and less of an anti-hero if there would have been no... Um, it was, he wasn't with Gwen Stacy at the time. He was with Mary Jane at the time. If there was no Mary Jane, would she have been more of a hero? Because everyone's rooting for the, the Peter and Mary Jane thing. Do you, do you think that would have changed the perspective of the writers and the people that reads the comic i don't think so just because she was she was a thief she was a she was a a criminal with moments definite huge moments of her but that's what makes her an anti-hero yeah is that she's a criminal that has moments where she does good things that i mean that's basically the definition of an anti-hero a a bad person who used does good things by it yeah so do you want to see Spidey as more of an anti-hero or do you like him being as straight laced as he is? No, he needs to be straight laced. He, I think he has moments, especially when he, um, 
like originally gets the the symbiote suit um he has moments of being that anti-hero but spidey's a straight lace good kid yeah like that's who he is as a character i don't want to if i wanted to see anti-hero spidey i'd pick up a venom comic book that's you know you got a point on that too, <laughs> which well yeah i'm sure we're gonna get into a lot of venom yeah, as we go you, you killed that flies <laughs> that was fantastic now another thing that i think the spider-man universe has done better with the villains than anybody else um, is they put all the villains, even minor villains into a bunch of different medias. Um, you, we talked about the cartoons, honestly, the Spider-Man cartoons bar none are the only thing to me that stands up to DC animation. They are just incredible. The storytelling and the time they spend with the villains and they're all sympathetic villains. There is no, it, unless you get like a Mr. Sinister, nothing is 100% villain. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think they've done such a good job about that. But they've done, they put them into video games. They put them into, like uh, Griffin was saying, his first uh, foray into um, Deadpool was through a Spider-Man video game. Spider-Man is like the, He's the gateway because he's the kid. Yeah. And I think that that has been, it's so smart how they've done it. And I don't know. I, I Do you think they're intentionally not changing him at this point or for all those years? I think why, I mean, why would you, why would you fix something that's not broken? Because well, he's, Spider-Man. He's on the Mount Rushmore. Of well, Spider-Man, I believe he is the, one of the top three um, brands of like superhero brands in the entire world you have batman you have superman and you have have spider-man those are the three most recognizable superheroes of all time you can show a picture of spider-man to anyone on the planet and they'll Mm -hmm. be able to tell you who that is yep and i think that's because like you said they don't grow him up they don't make him villainous they he is a character that you can grow up with how many are your kids Dub, your kids. Yeah. How long have they been watching Spider Man? Since they were born. Mm-hmm. Same thing how, with. How long have I been watching it? Since <laughs> at the very minimum, uh, let's see. The Spider Man cartoon came out around the same time I was born. I have literally never had a time in my life I didn't know who Spider Man was. And the same thing's going on with with my little one now with Disney Plus and all the old um, series on there. They just made a new Spider Man show that's directed at like babies like they're it's, they're little they're and animate and it's fun i sit there and watch it with them and it's a good time they have cameos from black panther and hulk and it's just it's a fun little show but benjamin will grow up with spider-man so i don't can't i can't foresee them trying to change anything about spider-man because I he can, works so well i can go back and pull pictures of griffin from i mean from day one where we built costumes if you build it they will come i'm sorry from the ground up of of these little spider-man things you know he ran around the house with capes and spider-man whatever he could find to make spider-man stuff and he's been a fan of spider-man since day one if he i think if you chose a spider-man uh uh, his favorite that's it like yeah, his yeah. wall is filled today. 
with Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Now I I want to hit something else. Except for like the McFarlane era, Spider-Man has always been and the villains have been safe for kids. You know, the McFarlane era, that's questionable. But it was it was definitely a ethical battle. It was good and evil, and you knew who the bad guys were, you knew who the good guys were. And they the bad guys, while they were scary, they weren't terrifying for a kid. And that's another thing they have just done so right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, is, the villains are just as um, safe for kids as, as Spider-Man himself. Um, like I said in this this new show, they use Rhino and they use Green Goblin. And I've seen Green Goblin in ways where he's super scary. Mm-hmm. But then there's also ways that you can make Green Goblin where he's not scary and he is cool for little kids. So it's um, back to his villains. His villains are just as I mean, it's just it's a perfect storm of characters yeah. really is what it is from Spider-Man to to all of his villains. You can use them in a way that will fit any any generation and yeah. that will continue to happen as we go forward. Um especially with um, all the movies and things that are coming out, because one of the other things that Spider-Man does so well is they really use the multiverse to their advantage. Um, yeah. And we have. I think amazing, they do better than anybody does. Yeah. The universe. They, does. Um, their villains are great among the multiverse as well. I would love to see ultimate green goblin in a, in a live action movie where he's an actual like monster of a man, like that would be super cool to see. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I think that there's, there's going, there will never be a point where we don't see a Spider-Man something in yeah. our lives. Now, now let's look at the villains that have used Spider-Man as a jumping board or diving board that has went from, they were just a, they were just a villain in Spider-Man and they took on their own life. You know, like Batman has the Joker. They definitely took on his own life. But really, there's not a whole lot of other Batman villains that have their own life as much as the Spider-Man villains do. Um, I want to talk about a couple of those. Let's talk um, Punisher. I think definitely came in as a villain. And mm-hmm. now he's one of the biggest or he has been one of the biggest non-powered characters in marvel um what what are some of your favorites you know ones that just made that jump from villain to superstar and of course we're let's hit this one because we're all going to talk about is venom um and it, it depends on which person is has the venom costume there's eddie brock and there's flash thompson um i prefer the flash thompson version i don't i think but that's comic book, but um, yeah, just, it's amazing how, I mean, that this, this villain they've made into their own springboard. Who are some of your guys' favorites that have used it as a springboard? Um, let's, let's start with Skeeter on this one. So um, I think the way that uh, he kind of transcended through different, um, different heroes um, was, and he's one of my favorites, um, is Kingpin. Um, just because he just, he kind of, you know, and Griffin and I were talking about this last night because where did we see him more most recently in 
Netflix. Yeah. Uh, we saw him a lot in Daredevil. Daredevil. Um, so and the original Daredevil, the, the Ben and, Affleck Daredevil. <laughs> even in the Ben Affleck Daredevil with, you know, probably one of the greatest, you know, actors who ever played him, um, I, you know, in my opinion. But I really think he just like, you know, this guy, even in Spider-Verse, um, Kingpin was just he was he was a beast. He was a monster, um, yeah. you know, and they. They portrayed him as the comic book meant for him to be portrayed. He wasn't this obese monster. Yeah. He was this muscle. This he was just a giant muscle. That you will break your hand on if you hit. That's yeah, comic lore, yeah. and I think that's amazing. Yeah, and I feel like he propelled into other places, you know, into other. He just he stuck it, you know. Yeah. He and that's how he could be used in other in other places, and you know, and that's the that's good writing. I mean, that's just good comic book storytelling, because if you stick one place and I think that's what Marvel's really good at um, and DC's good too, um, especially, you know, in the in the television and the in the in the TV universe is that they're they're starting to get better and better and better at the different villains being in different places but they're really getting good at sharing villains in different places. Yeah. And that's how I, that's why I like, um, that's why I like Kingpin so much in the different places. I almost feel like they could use Kingpin as a Colson. He can pop up anywhere and he will just fit. Yep. Um, totally. Super villain story, a super, super meta story or, you know, regular crime scene story. He just will fit yep. anywhere. I think that's that they've done a great job of designing him. Griffin, what about you? What's your favorite guy that got catapulted? Um, my favorite is probably uh, got to be Norman Osborn. Um, he just, does some good stuff, yeah. And, and really, like, I feel like he's uh, underrated. I mean, I, I, everybody, you know, he's Green Goblin, and he's always going to be, especially for me. But he's also Iron Patriot for a while in the comics and um and the takes, dark avengers yes in the dark avengers and he uh you know he's the guy he's the i don't want to go as far as to say that but uh it's a good parallel between him and lex luther like he wants to in some in some manners um he wants to uh take control of everything of the situation he wants to be the best but he also there's also other incarnations of Norman who he's just, he's just crazy and he's more yeah. intimate. Um, but I like the more, um, you know, like me and dad have been watching the spectacular Spider-Man and he is one of my favorite characters in there because he's just so, um, he's just so Norman. Um, yeah. And like if, if anybody's ever played the Spider-Man PlayStation four, like that is one of the best Norman Osborns I've ever seen. Um, he's just so like big as life yeah. itself. Like that's that's who he is. And and I tell you what, it didn't hurt who he who was playing him when we all got when the world quote unquote got introduced to him. Uh, 
Oh my gosh, what is his name? William Defoe. William Defoe, scariest <laughs> looking dude on the freaking planet. Looks like a goblin in real life. He <laughs> he definitely gave a lot of more credibility to the character. Um, that that yeah. scene where he I, is probably one of the best ones in comic book movie history. The one where he's in the mirror and he's playing both sides and having a Yo, conversation with himself. So good. That is one of the most like eerie, like spine tingling scenes that we've seen in a comic book movie because he's so good on both ends of it. You can see the the mental battle that's going on within him. Um, and just to kind of piggyback off of what um, what Griffin was saying, um, going into this next phase of Marvel movies for the MCU. For a long time now, we've heard that he's going to be teased in one way or another. And I really hope that they do him justice when they finally introduce him into the the MCU. Because because he has such ties with the Dark Avengers and being Iron Patriot and things like that. I really want to see him. I want him to be one of those characters that moves throughout the movie verse and And not just in Spider-Man movies. Because he he can can keep it all together more. He makes sense. Hmm. He, he would he would lead the sinister yeah. six basically i would love to see him be um i forgot her name on our last episode that we did valentina, uh, valentina how she's like yeah. she seems to be like gathering all these people to make like a dark avengers team i would love for when she's done she they all like walk into an office and then he like spins in the chair and he's Hello, like the angels ben- yeah yeah he's like the <laughs> the benefactor yeah, of what she's doing that would be freaking fantastic nice. um but my i would have to say my favorite kind of villain that has been catapulted um, and made more of like a household name would probably be um, Doc Ock. I think that we've seen um, from Spider-Man 2 to Into the Spider-Verse. Um, we've seen all these different... Superior re- Spider-Man. Yeah, yes. Superior Spider-Man. Oh. We've seen all these different renditions of Doc Ock and really what they can do with him um, as a character. Um, that it really has me excited. I know when that Spider-Man trailer dropped him being in it was one of the biggest highlights for a lot of Spider-Man fans because he was so great in Spider-Man 2. Um, I am very excited to see, um, see him come back in that role because it was, it was fantastic. And um, one of the things about Venom, Dub, because I know you mentioned him earlier, I like the arc where the symbiote goes everywhere and it infects like all the heroes. Yeah. The- to me, Forgot it's just fun. Was, yes. It's just fun to see like Captain America with the Venom symbiote and Hulk with the Venom symbiote. And I think even um what's the the dinosaur's name? Devil Dinosaur or whatever, even that got the Venom symbiote on it. Um yeah. so that and, th- and those like are that always fun. I like that it's not just Venom, there's Carnage, yeah. there's anti-venom. Sure. Mm-hmm. There is a family of and I wish I hope that it makes it onto the screen. As mm-hmm. much as, because like like the stuff with the anti venom, oh my gosh, this guy puts uh, Punisher to shame. Yeah, and um, he's technically a good guy. I've heard that the newest, he <laughs> um, the newest spider, like the newest symbiote arc, was pretty good. Where they introduced that the symbiotes came from like a single being. Yeah, like there's like a symbiote god, um, and they reproduce. So, yeah, 
Yeah. So I heard, I heard that that's pretty cool. So the really over the last 10 years, the mythos around the symbiote has really grown. Yeah. And gotten huge because it was such a great character. Then it started with venom, then went to carnage, then anti uh, anti venom. And it just, it grew and grew. And that's, I mean, that's great storytelling when you can build a character from just a slime that got connected to Spider-Man suit. Now there's, um, I want to hit real quick. There's, there's, there's three um, incarnations I can think of that Spider-Man was actually was a bad guy, and that was one when he was cloned as Ben Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily that he was a bad guy, but he was searching. There's some issues there, um, and then the Doc Ock when he took over his body, and um, when Spider-Man became Man Spider. Those are the only three incidents instances I can think of that Spider-Man was a bad guy no matter how many times they've cloned him and all that other stuff. And that just says something about the character. Cause I know Stan Lee, I think part of his thing was you can never turn him bad. He always has to be a teenage male, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Um, I, and I think that was just so written into his DNA, but I just thought that was kind of an interesting take. And I know everyone watched talk about Ben Riley and man spider. <laughs> No, don't no one talk, wants to, Don't talk about Man Spider. Man Spider. Why would you even bring that up? Because <laughs> it's funny. Okay, <laughs> let's jump over to the main event. Now it's time for the main event. Okay, so for this version of the main event, we said, what are your top five? villains of spider-man um let's be honest nobody put these in order and uh, we could do this all day and we still won't even scratch the surface so if you if you'd like to uh comment on our youtube or our facebook and tell us who we missed we will be more than happy to listen and discuss it back with you um and while you're at it subscribe and like and go to the youtube and the facebook and the twitters and all that stuff because yeah Star, I know we are on internet fatigue right now, but this is a nice little family. It's worth investing in. So we we try to we try to make this a community that everybody's welcome. So with that being said, top five. My number number five is going to be Carnage. I always found Carnage more interesting than Venom because Venom. I always felt there was there's always a line he wouldn't pass. Carnage had no line. He was he was the symbiote with the Joker. He was, he is, I don't even know that I would say he's evil. I mean, he's evil, but he's not evil for the sake of being evil. He's evil because he has no conscience because, which is very much like the Joker. He, he finds things funny that you shouldn't find funny. He watches too much Tarantino. I'm just saying. <laughs> Pretty sure that Dub just said a serial killer isn't evil. Okay. Well. <laughs> Thanks for making me look bad, Blyze. I appreciate that. Hey, man. <laughs> Whatever you're into, buddy. What's his name? Was a clown? That, that one serial killer back. Oh, John back Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Oh, John Gacy. Yeah. No, he. Ew. Yeah. Let's stay <laughs> off of this topic. Okay. So let's start with Griffin. Who is your number five, sir? Um, my number five is actually. Uh, you you kind of made me think about this. Um, uh, it is Spider Carnage. Um, for those of you who don't know Spider Carnage, uh, he appeared, I believe, aired in 
the uh, Spider-Man cartoon in 94, um, in the 90s, like with the X-Men. At the end, they do um, a whole Spider-Verse plot, which oh, is God. amazing. It's so Watch great. It. It, it is it is amazing. Six episodes. And, watch it all. And the villain of it all is called Spider Carnage. And it's if the Carnage symbiote get uh how would you say it? Um combines with, with Peter. Um it it joins with Peter and he loses all of his uh I guess morality. And all the Uncle Ben stuff goes out the out the door. And he is just this like bad, like he is the bad of bad, you know, like you could you could think of it. Um and he is it is a really great story. Um, but he is probably my number my number five. Um because the, every everybody knows the symbiotes are such a great everybody loves Venom. I used to love Venom as a kid, like he was my favorite. But well, it just looked cool, Black Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, he was my favorite as a kid. But then, you know, the older I got, and I was just like, man, he's so like, because he used to be special. Like, like he wasn't used a lot. He was used very sparingly, and I loved it. And then, you know, now he's very, he is like so popular. And you know, um, so I'm just kind of like, I moved away from Venom. <laughs> Spider Carnage is my number five for sure. Good. Flies, what is your number five, sir? Uh, my number five is Hammerhead. Um, specifically the one in Spider-Man PS4. Um, I just liked that character as like, um, it's just one of those characters that really brought the universe together. Like you don't see much of him. Um, but when he pops up, it's like, Oh, that's hammerhead. Um, and he just really is a, a cool villain. Like the cheese ball, but yeah, it doesn't feel cheesy. Yeah. He's like, he totally is like 1920s, like mafia bodyguard. Uh, I believe at this, yeah, at this point in the canon, like his um, his bones are adamantian because of a deal he made with Tombstone or something like that. So just one of those characters that has like an arc that's evolved them over time, but never really seems to get the the spotlight that he deserves. So, Hammerhead, this one's for you, buddy. That's a good one. Actually, I've and he's amazing in Spectacular Spider-Man. And he's yes. great in the in the Amazing Spider-Man. Superstar yeah. henchman, gotta love him. Yeah. Yeah. We all we all have our um, our interactions with him, and I think it's just he's just a great side character. Skeeter, my number five, um, Alexei Mikhailovich Sitstevich, uh, or as we know him as Rhino. Oh, there you um, go amazing i i love his beginnings as just a just a thief then he gets a, screwed over <laughs> just got <laughs> hosed, does. yeah <laughs> got left behind um and just ends up being this bad dude and comes out hardcore um i love his portrayal by paul giamatti um and then just ends up being kind of left for nothing with sony you know yeah i wish yeah. there was more um yeah. but luckily um, it's a lot of i noticed something them. when i was kind of researching and building my my five um there are a lot of russian bads in the spider-verse well look when it was created yeah right you know? <laughs> i mean 
yeah. Stanley and and his and his his crew were were yeah they were they were they were trying to get away from the bad german people which we're not going to mention that but right oh therefore they went to the russians so they went to the russians they really did so mm-hmm. um just well played i loved rhino um he's he's really cool and they just played it well so he's my number 5 very good my number 4 is somebody that everybody forgets about but another one that just kind of dove off and got his own comic series and everything which is the living vampire mobius yeah um, getting his own movie yeah i he is when he was a human he was a creep um there's nothing i liked about him when he became the bad guy he became sympathetic um just very interesting way and when when i love seeing i don't know if you ever saw this before but there's 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 air there's times that Morbius and uh, Blade teamed up, which so much fun. I mean, he's just 100% fun all the way around. Um, once you get past the, the tragic start, the rest of it is just fun. And I guess that's probably more anti-hero than bad guy, but I don't care. He started out as a bad guy, so we're going to call him a bad guy. Griffin, what is your number four, sir? Number four is... Craven the Hunter. Um, oh, Craven's last hunt. Yeah, my yes, one of those reasons. But in every every sort of media that that we've seen him in, um, is uh, it's just incredible. I I love the the fact that he's not just the typical like he always puts up a fight. He always like you know with Spider Man, it's like you know Spider Man's gonna win. You know he's gonna get away. You know he's gonna make it out. But you also know that Craven is like gonna toy with him, but he's also gonna like. There's like a tension built up. You're like, oh, like you know that Craven's gonna like get a few hits in, good hits in. So it's like I I love Craven for that, and plus he's just like the thrill of the hunt, and uh, you know he yeah I I just love his character. He's um, he's definitely one of he's my number four. Flies, <laughs> what's your number four, sir? Uh, my number four is Venom. Um, we've talked about him quite quite a bit. Um, I think my favorite um, version of Venom is the <laughs> Spider-Man Three Sam Raimi Venom. Shut your dirty pie hole now! You're waiting for a laugh there, and you just made me angry. That's all we get is just That's... anger now. Um, no, I think that what he's done, um, as, uh, like I, like I said earlier, just something that was originally a a piece of goop that got connected to Spider-Man suit has now evolved into its own franchise, um, and just its own huge thing. He's almost, you could say he's like, um, the Harley Quinn for Spider-Man, just this side kind of B character that the fandom just kind of latched onto and the, the franchise just rolled with it and made him into this beast that he is today. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do with him um, in the movies going forward. Uh, We just had Venom two come out, um, which I'm not going to say anything here um, because we may have some listeners that haven't seen it yet, but there seems to be some implications for what's going on in the movie movie verse going forward. So I'm excited to see how all that plays out. 
Very good. Skeeter. My number four is um, the former small-time criminal uh, who built himself his own little battle suit, um, literally had nothing, was a shocker. The his vibro shock gauntlets, um, but the shocker was definitely um, the the beast. He killed it. Um, just power. He was a powerhouse. Um, launching. I mean, watching. And I got this literally watching uh, spectacular the other night with Griff. Um, he was mashing Spider-Man like these vibro shocks that he was sending out. He was just thrashing Spider-Man all over the place. Yeah. Anytime he hit him, he'd throw him across the wall, throw him across the room. I was like, dude, he's destroying him. But his suit was so freaking cool um, that he got. Um, who'd he get it from? He got a suit from, I can't remember who he ended up getting a suit from, from in Hammerhead. The show, in the show, he got it from Hammerhead. That's right. So, but I just, I loved his character. I loved who he was. Um, just a great, great time. Nice. Okay. My number three is for it. It's Tombstone. And honestly, it's it's a sentimental reason. Um, when I started reading the Spider-Man comics, I mean, I've been watching the cartoon growing up. When I started reading the comics was during trial of Spider-Man. And that's when you get introduced to this is like the, the, uh, the, the beginning of tombstone. And it just really resonated with me. It's like, he came into comics the same time I am. So <laughs> I know that's, but that's just something in my head that I feel like, you know, he's part of my comic path, but just a great character. I mean, he looks almost identical to like a really, really white punisher. Um, yeah, but it, he's just he's a he's a fun character in small doses. He's one I don't want to see in the big screen because I don't think they can pull him off. Because um, there is that you know sharpened teeth, and sure. I don't know if they can pull it off on screen without making it look cheesy. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Griffin, what is your number three, sir? My number three is uh, Norman Osborn, uh, aka the Green Goblin. Green Goblin one. That is um, that is my number three, strictly because um, I mean, ever since I was two or three years old, you know, uh, and I have to give credit where credit's due. Um, William Defoe, yeah, I really hope to see him again um, in Spider-Man: uh, No Way Home, which it seems like that was. I wanted to say everybody freaked out when Alfred Molina's Doc Ock came in, which I did too. It was great. Um, but I Defoe was better. It blew my mind when you see pumpkin the bomb. goblin, the pumpkin bomb roll, and you hear mm -hmm. his laugh. I mm -hmm. lost my mind. If, if if anything, I would sacrifice all of it. I don't even want like I would sacrifice the rumors that Andrew and Toby are in the film. As much as I love <laughs> Toby, and I want him in the movie, I would sacrifice all of those just to get a William Defoe Green Goblin again. Like that is he he made. Green Goblin for me. Whenever I think of um, Green Goblin, I think of uh, William Defoe. He's just well, it's hard not to. He made it iconic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lies. Uh, my number three is uh, the Vulture, uh, specifically uh, Mike one, yeah. Michael Keaton's portrayal 
in um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And that's why I liked it. They took this character that honestly, for the better part of his creation, has been kind of a joke. He's like this old man who wears a bird suit. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes he's not. Most of the time, he's like an old, old guy. But Michael Keaton, he made that role into something special. Um, into a character that you really could sympathize with, um, with his business being taken away by Tony Stark and him just going, going bad um, and just really cool effects really just um, really made that movie. It set it, set it up for the Spider-Man movies going forward and really getting me excited about the universe. Cause he, I mean, Michael Keaton was just great. Yeah. And he wasn't completely in the wrong in that movie at all. No. Just- leaving it there skeeter what is your number three my number three is one of my all-time favorites uh played really amazingly by jamie fox but electro um you think was, about electricity in your villains i've noticed yeah you go from I, shocker to electro so yeah i just electro um their backstory is what i love just a normal dude, like fixing some electricity. Um, Jamie Foxx, the way the way his story was written, that was some of the best writing for a character I've ever seen. Just wanted to be somebody's friend. Just wanted to be noticed um, and ended up getting hurt, getting, you know, getting left behind and then becoming who he became. Um I just, I, oh my gosh, just an amazing character that never, you never saw him as, I, I never really saw him as a villain um, in any, any facet. He just became, you know, drunk with power. Yeah. Literally. Um, <laughs> so I just, I, I, I love that character and, and who they became. So. Electro is my number three. Very good. Okay, my number two, um, just FYI, I changed it. It was anti-venom, but we've talked about it a lot. So I thought I would move in Hobgoblin. For this reason, I think the Green Goblin, because of the Defoe stuff, as he's gotten all the attention, Hobgoblin is the creepier bad guy. Um, yes, he's a copy of Green Goblin, but he has no pure motives. He has... He has no excuse other than he is just evil. And I always thought he was scarier looking. Um, I don't I, Hobgoblin always scared, scared me. Green Goblin didn't. When I was looking through the comics when I was a kid, you know, I liked Green Goblin or uh, Hobgoblin as far as this guy is the bad guy. Just felt it just felt a lot more that way to me. Griffin, what is your number two, sir? Number two is uh, Dr. Octopus. Um, so, like, obviously, I, I hit out of, out of feel like all of us have hit the main, like, a lot of everybody's, like, oh, main staples. Um, but honestly, I have to say Doc Ock, um, for a lot of reasons, the Spider-Man PS4 Doc Ock, um, yeah. that is... That is a really he's up there with Alfred Molina. I mean, Alfred Molina is obviously the best, but just just to stay away from that, um, my favorite incarnation of of Doc Ock really is uh, Spectacular Spider-Man Doc Ock. 
if you've seen if you've seen the spectacular spider-man mm-hmm. um you know he it takes a lot of inspiration from the raimi movies but the whoever the the voice actor i can't remember the voice actor who played him but he just he's this tiny he's this not tiny but he's this little short uh scientist and He's just trying to make all these, you know, for Mr. Osborne, he's trying to do all these experiments for him. And um, and when he calls Spider-Man, he just calls him Arachnid and stuff like that all the time. And he, he has that uh, little gravel voice. And he's the leader of the Sinister Six. Sinister and, Six. And sp- you know, in, in some forms, I definitely liked him better as the leader than Norman Osborne at some points or Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. And I let me. I want to hop on and give us give a recommendation. If you're a Doc Ock fan, um, get a hold of the run that Superior Spider-Man. I think it was like 40 issues, um, somewhere in there. It's Doc Ock takes over Spider-Man's body when Peter dies. It's temporary, just like everything else in comics. So, yeah. but I recommend mm-hmm. reading the Superior Spider-Man. It's it's a great take on, and a great redemption story. Blyze, what is your number two? My number two is um, Mr. Negative. Um, he is a, yeah, that face you have is, um, I, I like him because he's one of those characters that does not pop up mm-hmm. all that often. Um, but he just has a really cool, like, power set. Like, it's, when you see, I don't know if you guys have ever played the Spider-Man PS4 game, but that they he was like the highlight of that game, um, and he just he has this power that like turns things into like that like old photo negative, yeah. Look, and I I think it like deteriorates them, but um, just a cool just a cool villain with a different kind of power set that I um, really enjoyed in that game. I liked how that game took um, the made the main villain out of a character you wouldn't have expected. Like you expect a Norman Osborn or they put Doc Ock in there, but Doc Ock wasn't really a villain until the end of the game. Like yeah. you, worked with him throughout the game and that's what made that character so cool in that game was that you really sympathized with him throughout the game um but yeah just a really good use of a a not so known character very good skeeter you're number two my number two talked about him earlier don't got to talk a lot about him because He's one of my all-time favorites, but uh, Kingpin um, will always be yeah. uh, up there for me. Just just love him. Great, great villain. Very good. Okay, my number one villain of Spider-Man is Spider-Man using webbing as a bungee cord. Oh, too soon? Yeesh. Um, Yeesh. No, my, <laughs> my number one i'm going to because of the backstory and the relationship and it's not necessarily that i love the character i love the relationship of the lizard um very good guy turned evil sometimes and i just it, it's a heartbreaking story but um yeah i just i just wanted i don't i didn't see lizard mentioned on anybody's list so that's why i threw that on there because i think that he's a character that gets overlooked a lot but i i love the way he was written 
Griffin, what is your number one, sir? My number one is the master of illusion, Mysterio himself. He is my he is my favorite uh, Spider-Man villain. He's my favorite Marvel villain. He will go down in, in history. He's my favorite, not because of Spider-Man Far From Home, but actually because of Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. He's a villain in that game, which I grew up with. Uh, Spider-Man Friend or Foe, which is another game that um, was not well viewed at all, but uh, it was one I grew up with and I enjoyed. But I love Mysterio so much. Um, he's definitely one of the uh, more, um, he's starting to become popular again, but he's one of the more underrated Spider-Man villains um, in Fishbowl Head, you know? So, yeah. but he's lit, he is my favorite, I think, because of that. You know, when you see Mysterio, you're just like, wait, what? And I'm so happy that uh, I was, I'm able to live in a world where I got to see Mysterio, uh, Mysterio in a movie yeah, and have I, such a prolific role in yeah. a film. So I'm, I'm excited. My, my favorite incarnation was the shattered dimensions one. I love that. That's my, that's my favorite. I yeah. loved that take on it. Yes. Lies, what's your number one, sir? Uh, my number one uh, was Skeeter's number two and that's Kingpin. Um, it just, like we've talked about, just one of those great characters that isn't just seated in Spider-Man, but seated within all of the, um, like street level heroes. Um, mm -hmm. and it's just one of those characters where, um, I actually couldn't tell you where he first appeared, but if it was in a Spider-Man or in a Daredevil, he just has evolved past being a single hero's villain and has just made his Everybody's way villain, yeah. into being so so much and then uh one thing i wanted to piggyback off of griffin's number one mysterio i really hope we get a bruce campbell cameo in the new spider-verse movie nothing because, in the world would make me happier oh my i would have i would love to see his theorized uh, Mysterio pan out in the, in those movies. And you know what, you know what, Blaise, I will straight up say, like, if you want to believe that he's Mysterio in the Raimi, believe it because he was set to be Mysterio and he is in all three of those movies. He yep. is Mysterio. I would have loved to see it finally in the Spider-Man four. Yeah. But it, to me, when I see him, in all of his cameos, the different roles that he plays, I'm like, mm -hmm. that's putting back. Like, <laughs> are you yeah. so for grace for ruining it? Yeah. <laughs> Peter, what is your number one, sir? Okay, my number one, and I freaking dude's a beast, literally. <laughs> um, but Craven the Hunter, um, I just just he's a big game hunter um skilled in just about everything bow staff skills um no oh wait are, 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 are you about to pull napoleon dynamite there um no hand-to-hand -hand combat he a liger right <laughs> he's got his you know um the magic jungle potion um for his speed strength and tracking skills um but like he's just bad and then you find out well his half brothers the original villain of the spider-verse chameleon so like all of these things it's spoilers just, sorry sorry <laughs> if you want a spoiler from 1963 um, <laughs> um i just i think craven is one of the 
penultimate freaking villains ever created um ever um but we get some of the greatest in 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 spider-man who is absolutely hands down one of the greatest heroes um in comic book lore ever um stan lee r.i.p uh just those guys knew what they were doing Yep. I mean, they, they say that when he wrote this, he wrote it about his own story. And I, I feel like it was right. You know, he, he did the right thing. So. Well, that is a show guys do not be villains, be the good guy, or at the very minimum, be the anti-hero. Don't be anti-hero. They're, yeah. they're bad. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm yeah. Dub. I'm here with Skeeter. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Blyze. Keep on geeking on, guys. Check out everything. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to the latest episode of the iHeart Geek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.